When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories stories to Tell tell in the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, true spooky things that happen to you that you tell us about. It is primarily a comedy podcast about scary things. So think of it as though like Retta is driving the Annabelle doll cross country. And that's sort of the vibe. That's very good. (laughs) I love that pairing and I think it would test well. I think it would test super. I mean, Retta, reach out, reach out to Annabelle. If we can, if we can like um, set you up on an email together, I think you'd get along very well. I think they're both at UTA too. So I think it works. <laughs> I do like the idea <laughs> of Annabelle as like a stand up comic character who studios are just trying to work into horror films. Oh yeah. You know what? She, she's funny. She's just funny. You know, like she's one of those people, like they're not a comedian, but they're just, they are funny. Like when you talk to them, but they don't know that they're being funny. <laughs> she's great. I mean, she, she got very far in last comic standing, as you may recall, a couple of years ago, you know, it's like people are ready for her to come back. They are. They're really ready. Um, Andrew, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing just fine. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it to not be so dang hot outside, but it's Los Angeles. So I think that will be never. It is very hot in a way that I wasn't prepared for. I also, I, I thought that I invented the idea of, um, well, you know, some places the sun is closer to the earth. Um, so it's hotter there. And that is simply called UV index, which I may have already yes. mentioned on the podcast, but. Um, I, yeah, I definitely felt like um, I, you know, famously, I thought the moon was nine miles straight up. So no <laughs> one should come to me with any sort of planetary um, star knowledge. Uh, but yeah, I was also, I was on the impression that like Florida was hotter than New Hampshire because the sun was actually closer. Like that was my assumption. Where? Like that the, the, the sun was somehow further south than, than uh, New Hampshire was, which is oh. why it was colder. It, is that true? I have no idea. As I'm saying, it, now, I'm like, wait. So it, it has to do with the tilt of the earth. So it is closer. So, wow. Yeah. I just tricked myself into being right. We both did. <laughs> wow. And we're gifted and we're talented. Yes, very much. Um, we were kids that could write complete sentences quite early, but um, cubes did not make sense to us at the age of like seven or eight. Not at all. If no, if still, we don't already know it, we can't learn it. <laughs> How are you, Anna? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm with... Um, with my dog Ladybird, um, we recently acquired a hammock, um, and she will will swing in that. And uh, something amazing that she does is she keeps her head 
level while we swing. So she's like a little steady cam. So she's like, Whoa. she'll sway her head back and forth to keep it parallel to the ground. She's like a chicken dog. A ch- you know that thing where it's like a chicken <laughs> can't move? Oh, yeah. Chicken dog. Go? Absolutely. Yes. Chicken dog. <laughs> uh, moving on to the podcast. Today's podcast so, is brought to you by chicken dog. <laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell already, yeah, it's a it's a chatty podcast. Like we said before, we do talk about scary things, but um, much like a group of young teens watching a scary movie, we like to release the tension through talking about uh, Lady Bird as some sort of chicken dog. Yes, this is true. So as most of you listening probably already know, this summer has been about real life spooky camp stories from you, our gentle listeners. And it's another one of those days, folks. It is. Um, we have some lovely stories. And um, Andrew, I think you do you have. Oh, I got a real treat for us. Oh, today. I'm really excited. So this one is um, a, a, a listener sent in story with an attached mini urban legisode. Really? I'm breaking all the rules today. I think it's great. We're getting in on it. <laughs> uh, all right. So. This one is from Cynthia and Cynthia actually sent us three stories and I'm reading one of them, but all three are great. Uh, Thank you, Cynthia. Hey, Anna and Andrew, hopeful friend of the pod, Cynthia, an up and coming writer here. (laughs) I like the idea of being a hopeful friend. (laughs) Oh, you, it makes me want to say yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Cautiously optimistic friend. Um, you are definitely a friend of the pod, Cynthia. It took me ages to plot out and send in this story, but I hope it grabs your attention. Nonetheless, it did. The subject line spoils it, so I won't say it, but well done. Okay. I love that you guys are telling listener stories. And as someone who has been chronically afraid of things and loved spooky things from a very young age, I have tons of stories I could share. If you like these excellent, we love that. Uh, To start off and give some preface, I live in Kansas, sort of important, and my parents bought 25 acres of land to fulfill the dream of building their own house in the woods. 25 acres is huge. Again, an acre could be anywhere between 10 square feet and the whole of North America, so (laughs) I'm going to assume it's very big. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, for anyone who lives in an apartment where it's like, wow, you have room for a dishwasher? Like, this is, when we're talking acres, Anna and I have a blank look on our face, but we understand it's big. Mm-hmm. I was much younger then and pretty uninterested in the whole process. However, when visiting our future home, the real estate agent turned to us and said, y'all be careful of the ghost camel out here. <laughs> oh. oh, we were stunned, but curious. He told us that 40 years back, one of those traveling circuses was coming through for fair season and one and one of the carts wheels split and all the animals inside escaped. <gasps> Doing the math, it would be roughly 55 years ago now. He said that the cart let out two camels, a giraffe, and two zebras. All of the animals were eventually caught again, except for one of the camels. Oh, God. The the camel that was caught must have been devastated. I know. And, to be alone. Oh, and the other one. I just, I don't know. I feel like camels this are bitches who, like, deeply need their friends. Oh, Anna, I don't know if that's true. Up. Okay. Okay. Buckle this is, up. this is hard for me as someone who, if a story has animals in it, I get sad, even if only good things happen to the animals. So <laughs> I'm ready. The camel was last seen in the woods near there, but that it was only ever seen on foggy days. As it was so long ago, the camel had to be long since dead. We ate up every word. And when we bought the place, we were both kind of afraid to go outside at night. After a while, we assumed he was full of it and tried to tease a couple bored kids. Uh, oh, 
After a while, we assumed he was just full of it and trying to tease a couple bored kids. Or that he was possibly a local wackadoodle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. He was, yeah, it's, it's a two-year term. And yeah. uh, you have to be at least 18, I think. So, like... Right, local wackadoodle and notary. He it's, really was... Yeah, it's similar to Comptroller. <laughs> which I'm terrified to know if I've said that right or not. But I, You know what? You nailed it, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. That's correct. Thank you. Thank you. One day, though, we were following the stream to see how far we could go. After nearly an hour, we stumbled into a steep ravine where we found an eerie treasure. It was rotten, crumbling, and the paint was chipped off almost everywhere. Painted the stereotypical red and yellow and sunken <gasps> into the mud was an old, decaying circus cart. Ugh. Ugh. The worst thing you could find in the woods. Well, that's not true. I yeah, but, I mean, but but low on the list of good things to find in the woods, I would say. I think that's fair. Wow. Okay. We wanted to make the cart into a hideout slash fort for ourselves. This is classic kid behavior. I love this. But the wood practically dissolved when we tried to climb into it. It had been abandoned for so long. We only ever went back to see it a few times because the atmosphere was very eerie. And once we went back to see it again, it was gone. As if it had never been there at all. Oh, no, no, no. Except for the chips of paint and marks where someone had dragged it away. (gasps) It freaked us both out, so we never tried to go back after that. For years, we kind of forgot about the whole myth. Then in high school, I had to do a project on local legends. It's a pretty small town, so you either had to pick the witch's grave, the giant man-eating fish, or the true story of the serial killer that used to live just outside town. You know, all those normal small-town spookies. (laughs) Oh my god. Those are the three genres. They what a this town is rich in history, I have to say. Yeah. Those are the three those are the three genders, I think. I definitely am witch's grave. Um I think I'm man eating fish. I think that's fair, yeah. Yeah. I but I yeah. think I will age into serial kill, killer who used to live just outside <laughs> town. Doesn't currently live there. Used to. Has since moved. <laughs> Um, I decided to do the ghost camel and did research on it. I was actually able to come up with results of a circus putting a reward flyer out for the lost animals in the 60s, then one from a few few years later just for the camel. We never saw the camel, and there used to be cattle pastures there, so the old bones we occasionally found could have been from anything. But I believe that ghost camel is still gallivanting there somewhere, enjoying its freedom even after death. Not the scariest story, but it sure did get me an A on my assignment, Cynthia. Oh, okay. I love this story. I love a niche ghost story. I love an animal ghost. Love what that implies. Oh, yes. Uh, So, Cynthia, thank you so much for it. But I had to then Google ghost camel. And everybody, I cannot stress to you the wealth of information there is about ghost camels in the United States. Oh, what? Anna, How many? Anna, I, I, more, I mean, at least 12. Okay. Um, so I'm reading now from legendsofamerica.com. Uh, okay. There's no specific author listed, but the title of this article, which is corroborated by other information, um, I know sometimes you can just read articles about anything, but um, double checked it through our favorite book, Wikipedia, and um, the the formative stuff is all true. Okay, the the article's title is "Ghost Camels in the American Southwest." 
Good. In 1848, the importation of camels for military purposes in the Southwest was suggested to the War Department by Henry Wayne, a quartermaster major. Two years later, Secretary of War and Mississippi Senator Jefferson Davis tried to persuade the Senate to look into the use of camels for the U.S. Army. During this time period, the Southwest Territory of the United States was greatly expanding, and it was thought that camels could be used to carry at least twice the amount of weight as horses or mules and might also be – it might also be better – a better use uh, because they could travel without water or rest for much longer than horses. Um, It was also suggested that the camels might carry the mail and that fast camel passenger trains might be developed to run from Missouri river points to the Pacific coast. No. Um, So initially the Senate voted this idea down, but California newspapers were so on board with the idea that it pressured them to finally agree in 1854 to pass a bill to appropriate $30,000 for, quote, the camel experiment. Oh, my God. Some 72 camels, which I think that's kind of a small number of camels for $30,000 in the mid-1800s, right? I don't know. I you gotta. I'm sure they couldn't put them in normal um, stables because they're taller than horses. This oh, is that's true. Something I'm making up right now. I um, love that though. I think that that see it's that sort of stuff. That's why you're good to travel with Anna because you think about the things that people wouldn't think about. You know. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so they arrived in the country in the early part of 1857. They were put to work carrying supplies in the Southwest. However. Though the camels proved to be well-suited to travel through the region, their unpleasant disposition, a habit of frightening horses, and tendency to wander off during the night made them very unpopular amongst the soldiers. (laughs) I can't believe this. And then, okay, this is where it takes a frustrating twist, Anna. They continued to be used until the Civil War broke out, at which time they were either sold at auction or turned loose into the desert. Don't do that. Don't. I mean, I know they're desert animals, but not our desert. They don't know. Have a plan. Have a better plan. This is like when my cousin became vegetarian and took a bunch of lobsters from the restaurant that she worked at and brought them to a lake. You need oh. a better plan. You need a better plan. No. <laughs> Have a plan oh. for the animal. That Imagine the lobster's perspective about that. Hell, hell, like, hell, different <laughs> hell, worse hell. <laughs> Thank you for sending me to hell, ma'am. I almost um, went to hell, but instead you saved me and sent me to hell. <laughs> so oh as God. a result of just all of these camels being let loose in the American Southwest, it led to a scourge of camel-related ghost stories and urban legends, oh my um, God. particularly in Arizona, but stretching out to the other four corner states. Um the most popular of these tales is a camel known as the Red Ghost. In 1883, a woman was found trampled to death, and on her body in a nearby bush were clumps of reddish fur. Okay, girl Large boss. Hoof- Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Large hoof prints were found in the area, but locals were perplexed. A short time later, a large animal careened into a tent in which two miners were sleeping. Though they were unable to identify the beast again, large hoof prints and tufts of red fur were left behind. After more incidents occurred, the locals finally recognized the large animal as a camel. Soon, people began to report seeing the camel, who one rancher said carried a rider, though the rider appeared to be dead. Eh. 
The next report came from a group of prospectors who saw the camel and while watching him spied something falling from its back. As the beast moved on, the prospectors went to see what had fallen and discovered it was a human skull. (laughs) What the hell is this time period? For the next several years, numerous others spied the camel, who by this time had been dubbed the Red Ghost, carrying its headless skeletal rider. However, in 1893, when an Arizona farmer found the red camel grazing in his garden, he shot and killed the beast. By this time, the large camel had shaken free its dead rider, but still bore the saddle and leather straps with which the corpse had been attached. There was mm-hmm. much speculation as to who the mysterious rider was who uh, that, the, that the camel had carried for several years. One tale alleges that the rider was a young soldier who was afraid of the camels and therefore was having difficulty in learning how to ride them in order to teach him how his fellow soldiers tied him to the top of the beast, determined that he would get over his fear. They then hit the camel on the rump and the beast took off running. Though the soldiers pursued the camel and his rider, the red beast easily outpaced them and escaped into the desert. Neither the camel nor his helpless rider were ever seen again. Um, and then there's more information uh, in April of eighteen of April of 1934. The Oakland Tribune had a front page headline that read, "The last American camel is dead." Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Um, so there are there are many more ghost camel stories. That seems to be the most notable. But what I love is there's so much fan art of um, the red ghost. And it is very spooky to have a skeletal rider on top of a camel. I had thought initially in reading this that that the suspicion was that like people didn't really see a dead rider at all. But then apparently there had been one who had been on it. Oh, this I'm looking at pictures now. It's very scary. It is. And the camel the, looks so mad. Yeah, the Red Ghost of Arizona. I know. Really so I just had to share that one. Cynthia, thank you so much for um, introducing us to the subgenre of camel. Oh, no. There's one of a camel basically eating the horse. I don't like that. <gasps> oh, yes. That one is That one is like, what's going on here? Oh. Who even decided to draw a camel attacking a horse and eating it? Don't do this. I'm sure it don't happened. <laughs> I'm sure it all happened, but it's scary to me. I am scared of camels. Have you interacted with one personally? Um, at, at zoos before. I think it's that it's weird to have a semi-domesticated animal who you know just hates us, you know? <laughs> yeah, they have distinct coworker energy. Yes, that's very They're true. like, hi, how are you? Great. Camels would be real estate agents on Selling Sunset, I think. Oh, my God. How do you spell conclave? <laughs> There's a papal conclave at LA Live. No, I read that it's happening. Is it CKN? Oh, my God. It's my favorite They're, show. One of their intros would be like, one of my humps is for water, and the other one is for Saturdays. And that would be... Ugh. And then behind it is just a bunch of skeletons <laughs> instead of like their family. It's just skeletons that they carry. They rode me to death, oh not mine, God. theirs. <laughs> no, I do like the <laughs> idea of like a slutty mean camel. I think that's a good. I think that's, that's a, that's a drastically underrepresented iteration of camels. Yes, I think so. Too often they're kind of silent and dopey. And I think instead, like, camels would talk shit. Definitely. I like that. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I'm not a desert woman at all. And <laughs> having interacted with the desert just a little bit, I can't imagine that anyone would survive there. And I don't understand no. like how it work. I also we, think <laughs> I was walking Ladybird on our street. It was very hot. And I, the thought occurred to me, humans shouldn't live here. Oh no. I, Anna, the amount of times I've thought that about multiple places I have lived in the world, like in the world, in America, but like South Florida, people shouldn't be there. Los no. Angeles, people shouldn't be here. No one in should In the dead be of summer in New York, I'm like, I don't know that we were supposed to be here. We weren't. No, the whole idea of cities was like, oh, and you go to the country for four months so your right. children can be, be nude. <laughs> um, so that polio can't find them. It can't. It can look. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good story, Andrew. Thank you. Good story, Cynthia. Thanks for uh, thanks for sending it in. Um, on the subject of Kansas, I do have another email uh, from somebody uh, who sent in an email about you guessed it, Kansas. Hey, um, what this a theme! Is great. They also sent a couple of stories, but I'm just going to focus on one. Hi, Anna and Andrew. I grew up in Topeka, Kansas, and I wanted to tell you about the small town of Stull, Kansas which I was terrified of. (laughs) (laughs) Stull? Stull. S like skull with a T. (laughs) Certain towns, you're like, what happened? Um, (laughs) When we were naming this. Okay. Uh, This town is along the interstate between Topeka and Lawrence, Kansas. And as we pass through it on trips to Kansas City all the time, uh, There is an old church ruin with a graveyard in the center of town and the church is said to be possessed by the devil and hold one of the seven gates to hell in the basement. What? Devil? In Stull, Kansas. Stull? S-T-U-L-L. Wow. Um, Legend says, are you ready for this, Andrew? Please. The gate opens twice a year. (laughs) The gate to hell. Yep. Uh, on Halloween and on the spring equinox. There is wow. even a story about three real witches who were hanged there and buried on top of each other in the graveyard. Oh, that's disrespectful. It's pretty disrespectful. Um, I think these tales took off during the satanic panic in the 80s when there were stories of Satanists doing rituals there to try and open the gates to hell. <laughs> this was a popular drinking spot for teens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they would talk about getting unexplained scratches and memory loss after going there. Sounds like a normal teen drinking aftermath to me. People yeah. also say that the Pope refuses to fly over Stull, Kansas, and has flights <laughs> redirected around eastern Kansas to avoid it. Uh, One more creepy thing. The zip codes in the area all start with 666. Ah! Oh, that's scary. Your friend in spookiness, Katie. And now I do need to look up if Stull, Kansas has any... Okay, getting still Kansas gates of hell, still Kansas real estate, still Kansas devil. Okay. So reading from our favorite book, Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> okay. Still is an, an unincorporated community in Douglas County, Kansas. Founded in 1857, the settlement was initially known as Deer Creek until it was renamed after its only postmaster, Sylvester Still. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm the- Sylvester Still, and this is my town. I'm the only postmaster. I don't like other postmasters and I have your mail and you can have it if I bring it. (laughs) 
since the 1970s, the town has become infamous due to an apocryphal legend that claims the nearby still cemetery is possessed by demonic forces. This legend has become a facet of American popular culture and has been referenced in numerous forms of media. Uh, the legend also led to controversies with current residents of Stull. Let me see. What? Um, I'm so fascinated by how urban legends spread like this. Oh, this is this is wild. Okay, so they were settled um, like mid 1800s um, by people who spoke German. Oh. Uh, some of them have come from Pennsylvania Dutch. Um, Okay, and then we've got some people escaping German military duty. It's amazing. Oh boy. Okay, and then they had this old church. Do 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 do. They built a church. Sorry. Yeah. So in like in 1912, while the Titanic is sinking, 31 people live in Stull. That's it. <laughs> and at the biggest, at the height of their boom. Uh, they had about 50 people. Um, I just would love if, if at some point in Titanic, it just zooms out and suddenly we're just in stall <laughs> and someone's like, how many people live here? And the other one's like 55, remember? And then it just goes back to the Titanic. Scene. Yeah. It's never, it's never satisfied. <laughs> um, and then, okay. So they attribute a quote from someone who lived there during the 20th century recalls that life in the town was quote, quiet and easy, sometimes even boring. The name of the person is named Christcraft. No, yeah. no, no. I'm sorry, sir. You can't. Christ. Best case scenario, that was a misspelling and his name was Christy Craft, which is <laughs> It says Christ. Christcraft? Christcraft. Um, wow. That's like vacation Bible school time. It really is. It's time for Christcraft. Um, so the only thing people did there was like, hunt rabbits um there's nothing going on um no. wow okay so during the so uh obviously during the depression it was bad um uh but then they suffered two major tragedies during the 20th century the first occurred when olivia oliver bonmeyer a young boy wandered into a field that his father was burning and died Oh. Oliver's tragic death led to the rumor that if one stepped on Oliver's tombstone, they would go to hell. <laughs> Anna, one of us has to, one of us just has to make that a rule for one of our gravestones, whichever one of us goes first. It has to, you're going to go to hell, you know, not actually yeah. go there, but uh, picture me saying go to hell. Yeah. In the, yeah. <laughs> um, And then, the second occurred when a man was found hanging from a tree after going missing. Uh, hmm. uh, um, okay. So basically nothing happened. This is like the most boring categorically a boring place where the only fun thing right. to do is to kill rabbits um, and be named Christ. <laughs> um, a classic fun thing to do, you know, summer tip in the dog days of summer. If you're feeling bored, just change your first name to Christ. Go for it. Basically, this rumor started in November 1974 in an issue of the University Daily Kansan, which was a student newspaper of the University of Kansas, um, who claimed that not just that the gate opened, but that the devil appeared in Stull twice a year oh, on God. Halloween and the spring equinox. So it, like, it was like a college student weird joke that I guess just caught on. Um, right. Yeah. I kind of feel like 
if Paula Poundstone is not going to come to your town to do a show, I don't think the devil's going to come to <laughs> possess your church, you know? Yeah. I mean, like she just has to know that she's going to be getting, you know, what she's worth. And I just don't think that they have good hotels there either. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, just like if there's not a car service to pick her up, it's uncomfortable to like send a local team to, you know, just like treat, treat Paula with respect. And let's, you know, let's do the same for the devil. She spends a lot of time in the hotel pool. <laughs> need need a hotel pool. Um, so, yeah, they. Uh, it's also said that during a trip to Colorado in the 1990s, the Pope, which I guess is Pope John Paul II, redirected the flight path of his private plane to avoid flying over the unholy ground of Stull. Parentheses. <laughs> there is no evidence that this happened. <laughs> um, I would love it. I would love if that were true. Me too. Um, so then it became a little bit of like a Salem, uh, or a sleepy hollow where people would come to visit it, um, on Halloween and kind of do mischief and, uh, and try to, you know, make, make trouble. And people, the four people who live there were not into it. Um, many would jump fences or otherwise sneak their way onto the property over the decades. the number of people making excursions to the cemetery grew, the graveyard started to deteriorate. This was exacerbated by vandals. To combat this, the county sheriff office patrols the ground around the cemetery, especially on Halloween, and will arrest people for trespassing. Those caught inside the cemetery after it's closed face a maximum fine of $1,000 and up to six months in jail. Wow. Yeah. And I then. Mean, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I. Here's. Here's what we don't think a lot about when there is like a haunted cemetery or like a haunted gravestone. I really do feel for the other people buried in that cemetery who like, they're not asking for this. None of the other people buried there asked for like some teens with some, with a bunch of piercings and like a tattoo of Jack Skellington to like come and step on their graves just to see some other grave that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Um, Well, just to wrap it up um, in an article from Lawrence.com, which I assume is Lawrence, Texas um, from October 26, 2004, written by Richard Gintote. Um, <laughs> These names. Uh, <laughs> he writes, um, though the devil's never actually been seen, he's supposedly made some pretty weird things happen. Buildings mysteriously catching on fire, unexplained noises appearing on tape recorders, werewolves jumping out of the bushes. Okay, that's an escalation. <laughs> yes, that's a big one. Um, uh, but his meanest prank of all has nothing to do with the occult and everything to do with disturbing the peace in an otherwise quiet country nook. Quote, there's no devil down here, said one 79-year-old woman who lives nearby and has nearly a dozen relatives buried at the cemetery. The only devils we have are the two-legged ones who write stories about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we'll leave it okay. to her. Here's my rough theory. That woman is the devil maybe in disguise? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And she, sorry, she also said, it's just a big hoax that somebody started and we want it to be, and we want it stopped. Go bowling or something. Leave our cemetery alone. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Sorry. I have to keep, I I have to keep, I have to keep reading. That first year, I tell you, it was terrible. 500 people standing on graves, hoping the devil would come up. Um, said the woman who has been known to keep patrolling cops company and even chase out trespassers herself. <laughs> One man wrote and said a relative of mine was a werewolf. And that really made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god. And she's like, and and furthermore, I don't like that everyone thinks we have silly names. What's your name, ma'am? Bethulia Graham Cracker. <laughs> but you can call me Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. And then someone else in the town this someone is- someone sorry, someone else said, I would put it in the same category as the UFO people. <laughs> Um, said he said who said he knew of no allusions to quote portals of hell in the Bible. I don't know that the word portal even appears in the Bible at all. So you know how about that? No, it was invented by the show Quantum Leap. <laughs> um, man. Anyway, that's oh, uh, this is good. This is really good, Anna. Man, go bowling or something is just go a, bowling or something. Devastating. I think that's a great. Um, that's a great tool to use against creepy supernatural entities. Uh, if something is bothering you, just say go bowling or something. Yeah. Also don't write someone and say that a relative of theirs is a real, a werewolf. Yeah. That's don't do that, please. Man. Anyway. Um, well, thank you so much. Remind me, um, remind me who. Oh, this is Katie. Thank you so much, Katie, for sending this in. We live it. We love it. We kiss it, we, we smooch it. it, and stay um, away from Stull, Kansas. Stay reroute around Stull, Kansas, everybody. Not because it's the devil, but because they are tired. Yeah, they're so exhausted. They're and really tired. Jesus, and Jesus Graham Cracker wants you to stop spreading rumors about her brother being a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh gosh! Um, before we go, Anna, should we do? Um, did something spooky happen to you this week? Oh, good question. I guess the spooky thing is that um, I watched a scary movie and made um, all my friends watch it. Um, it's a scary movie called Gerald's Game. That's right. <laughs> I made everybody watch it and I forgot how horny and devastating it is. It's a hard <laughs> movie to make people watch when you're all <laughs> simply friends with each other. But um, yes, uh, due Here's to the magic. The thing. It Anna, it is I I know exactly why you picked it to watch because it is at every turn so unpredictable and shocking. Yes. And the last quarter of the film is perhaps one of the most unprecedented horror endings imaginable. Insane. I, I can't insane. I still can't get over it. Yes. Um <laughs> It just, I mean, probably pretty ableist ultimately, but yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't love it just because here's just, let's just because someone has a medical condition that makes them tall, everybody, they're not, they're not going to kill you. I know they might, but it's not a yeah. conclusion. Yeah. With, with no spoilers, we'll say that, but it, it did feel like maybe a very faithful film adaptation of something that was in a book yes. a long time ago, which I was like, maybe we didn't need that. Like, which I do think it is cool that it like it's it's basically if you don't know it, it's a movie. It's on Netflix. I recommend you watch mm-hmm. it. Uh, there is a lot of triggering stuff in it, but it is a woman and her husband go to be horny in the woods together. He hand, <laughs> handcuffs her to the bed and then drops dead of a heart attack and then she's stuck. And I don't think that's spoilers because it's in the picture. Yeah. Oh, it's a meeting. Um, But it is like half the movie is sort of MacGyver style. Like, how is she going to get out of this one? And the other half is about healing from deep trauma, which like you just sort of you see like, you know, that kind of assault and abuse used as like story engines and a lot of other horror stuff and other like thrillers in a way that's like not as interesting. And this seemed like, oh, this is 
got like survivors in mind, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but then it's also like, oh no, there's a scary thing and he's coming and what are you going to do? <laughs> which is, it, it's, I, it, it's a hard geared sh- gear shift. And there's um, some really sh- like surprising, frightening imagery. Um, yeah. I mean, it is, it is a wild movie. If you've got a free Saturday afternoon, I think it's a good, it's a good Saturday afternoon film. Yeah. I watched it originally two years ago thinking it would be bad and fun to make fun of. And then now I actually really love it. <laughs> um, Speaking of speaking of being horny in the woods, <laughs> yeah. my my scary thing. Okay, here's it. Full disclosure, and I've already told you about this one. It didn't happen this week. I decided that I needed time to pass because it was just too stressful in the moment. Um, but I don't know if any of you listeners have had this experience before. But um, on Instagram message. There is a feature that like automatically records an audio message for you. And sometimes your finger just grazes and hits it by accident. And suddenly you have like recorded something and it's always stressful. Have you, has this ever happened to you, Anna? Oh, yes. So it's pretty constant, but there was just a complete perfect storm of that happening where I was a while ago responding to a very innocuous friendly message from a listener on our Instagram account. And at the same time, um, Chris showed me a picture of a movie star. And I said in a joking term, like, Oh, daddy. And at that exact moment, I recorded that message and sent it to this listener. No, Anna, and immediately undid it, and it was the most. Oh, you can undo it. I yeah, thank God. Wow. Because I was like, I think that is grounds to put someone in jail. <laughs> oh, certainly. Also, very confusing for this for this listener who I believe was an older woman. <laughs> oh, daddy! To get a message. To get a message. That would have made her day. <laughs> I just can't imagine anything more stressful. It truly is like a nightmare come to life for that to happen. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Do you remember which actor it was or do you not want to say? Um, no, I do remember. I do remember which actor it was. It's it, it. This kind of falls outside of my typical. I mean, like this is a, this is a, an objectively attractive person. Um, it was the it was the Chris that's Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Chris, Chris Thorsworth. Yes. Um, and I believe it was the one of him. He's like, he's like bending down to like kiss a kangaroo or something. I forget. In any event, it, it, it elicited, it elicited a, a jokey response from me that could have, um, that could have been, <laughs> could have been disastrous. Well, good. I think we covered it all, right? <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. Certainly. Uh, wow. Anna, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful story and giving us a glimpse into the world of Stull. Andrew, thank you so much for researching ghost camels and to our listeners for sending in lovely Kansas stories. Uh, And to everybody else, get get out forever. This has been a forever dog production executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.